This is Josie Brown with Author Provocateur. Liz Fenton and Lisa Steinke's latest psychological thriller, The Two Lila Bennets, has been lauded by AuthorLink as an imaginative and unpredictable story of modern life, the choices we make, and their consequences. BookTrip calls it a Who's Doing It masterpiece, and Publishers Weekly declares its flawless pacing will keep readers on the edge of their seats. I had the opportunity of talking to this best-selling dynamic author duo about the book's plot and their creative process for weaving two voices into stories that keep readers turning the pages to see what will happen next. I've known you guys for so long. Yeah, I know. And I, I just want to say that I tremendously enjoyed the sliding doors aspect of this book, um, this great psychological thriller. Um, throughout your alternating chapters, the reader follows your protagonist, Lila Bennett. She's such a balls-to-the-wall litigator. She takes on the very wealthy and usually guilty clients. And you've put her in two very suspenseful scenarios that kind of lead up to a climax in which, you know, the reader is praying that Lila has some redemption. So um, I want to see if Liz will take this question first. As you structured the story, you know, what came first? The beginning, the middle, or the end? Well, typically what we do is come up with the concept first, and then we're pretty linear, so we kind of talk through what the story's going to look like. So we, we do know how it's going to end when we start, but we don't start, we kind of understand what this, the acts of the book look like. Um, so, you know, we understood, like, who is Lila? You know, what is her challenge? What is the climax of the book? And what is the end date? And so we kind of, you know, think of the book in those three acts and then forward from there. Right. I, you know, I read your acknowledgments and I got the impression that it was watching <laughs> sliding doors that kind of pushed you to a, a what if, you know, what if this were a similar plot in our next book? Lisa, how did that all come about? Well, we actually um, did not come up with the idea. Liz's daughter, Riley, thought of us doing a suspense novel sort of based on the premise of Sliding Doors. So we have to credit her with that. We were in a bit of a slump um, and couldn't really come up with our next thing. And she said, well, you guys really love this movie. So what if you did a suspense twist on it? And so from there, we just you know, thought of Lila and some of the most attorney and uh, Los Angeles and all the pieces just started to come together really quickly. I loved it too. And I, uh, which brings me as from a process standpoint, you know, you've got these two parallel universes happening at the same time. Did one of you write one and one of you write the other? How, is that part of your pro? I know it's not your process probably normally, but this was such a different book from any of your others. Right. So, Typically, you know, we learned some lessons um, writing our previous novel, Girls' Night Out, which was um, uh, had three narratives and three timelines. And in, in that, we had each taken a timeline and written it. And, you know, our first draft of that book, uh, we didn't execute really well. And part of it, we believe, is because we took a timeline. So what we did on this is we made sure that we actually didn't do that, that, um, you know, there's the three and the captured, you know, the two narratives in Lila Bennett. 
So I would write a captured. And then the next time I started uh, a chapter, I'd write a freed. And basically how we do things is like, I'll write a chapter since Lisa, she edits it, sends it back to me, and we flip it back and forth so it's clean, and then she starts the next chapter. So we just made sure that we were switching narratives every single time we, we wrote. Because we kind of figured out that the secret sauce is just more fully invested in every single narrative and every single character. Right. I can see that. The other thing that I felt you layered very well was all of Lila's dilemmas. I mean, she owns the fact that she is not a nice person. And you give her, you know, you peel away the onion layers very well in showing how, how and why that came about in her life. And, you know, her feelings of abandonment and, you know, how she feels that money is power. So some of these dilemmas, for example, the infidelity in the story, how did you, how did you feel about writing that? And, and Lisa, why don't we start with you on that? Okay. For this book, we felt that he was going to need to do something pretty extreme. Sleeping with her best friend's husband, we felt would, you know, fill that hole. And that was because, you know, she's going to be captured. She's going to be taken hostage. Someone is going to be very upset with her. And so, you know, that's why we kind of went so extreme with some of the things that she was doing. Uh, Liz, I also picked up on the fact that Lila has a lot of enemies in her life because of how she's led her life. And I love the fact that you you both filtered in these people as real people with real feelings. One of the things that I enjoyed particularly about Ethan was that he was a writer. <laughs> and, you know, writers mm-hmm. go through their ups and their downs. And, you know, you 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 essentially write in a vacuum, which I think is kind of uh, you guys are a little bit more unique in that you get to share the vacuum, <laughs> you know, for for whatever that's worth. Yeah. But but then you get to come out of it together and go, oh, sunlight, oh, there's people out here, you know, that kind of thing. And I, I really felt I felt for him because I felt his vacuum, but I could also understand how that would affect their relationship. You know, Lila is always kowtowing to a very wealthy client or her boss or trying to finagle something with a coworker. You know, you kind of built the dichotomy about that relationship. I mean, I don't know what your husbands do, but I would assume that you pulled a lot of that out of your own experiences. We really tried to look at like what it would be if one person in the marriage was really successful at one point. I mean, he has a huge author, you know, on Oprah, you know, all of the things. And um, and then he fell from that and she has been consistently successful. So there was that dynamic of him losing that thing about himself that she was so attracted to, that success and that drive. And so we were we were trying to look at what that can do to a marriage. Right. I think you did it well. And thank you for that for the rest of us who were married and go, yeah, I could see where that could happen and and why that would would happen. Lila also, throughout both storylines, she has a sense of deja vu about her parallel realities. Liz, what was your process for, you know, thinking through, okay, how would this affect the other Lila? And you know, particularly at the end, when you kind of dovetail everything back together, and I don't want to give anything away, I don't want to have any spoilers. There was a part of me that was kind of left bereft, I have to say, 
But then, you know, I, I, I loved her redemption and I do want to talk about redemption too. So, so indulge me with the deja vu of, you know, how you kind of went, oh, maybe, you know, this part of her is picking up on that. Right. So again, one, one of the, you learned a lot of lessons, right? Girl, right out. One of the lessons with that is when you're, you're switching between like timelines or narratives, it's important that they each connect. And so we wanted to make sure uh, that the chapters connected with each other. And we also believe that um, Lila, there was a subconscious part of Lila that understood that she had split. Uh, and because of that, that's where she got the deja vu. So deep down inside of her, knew that there, it, she was split into two. And, and that's why she would have those moments of, you know, the fighter or, you know, different kinds of moments like that. Um, but really, you know, we wanted, when you're telling a story like that and you're switching in and out, you really want to make sure that those stories are connected so you have a continuum that the reader doesn't feel pulled out of the story when you switch into the other narrative. Right. I loved the way even her captors, for example, one is called Q, that you had this not dual personality going on, but this feeling of good versus bad and him recognizing there's, there's obviously a lot of pain with her captor, that her captor is feeling about her. I, I want to read you a line that you wrote that really stood out to me. And this is, of course, Lila talking. I'd like to think he came to the conclusion that it wasn't another person's job to punish us for our mistakes. We have to do that ourselves. And I thought that was a beautiful line. And, you know, kudos for you guys for coming up with it, how you wrote it, how you came to it, where you where you put it in the plot. And tell me about how you feel about that. We wanted the captor to not just be a cardboard cutout of a captor, not just be all bad. We wanted to show that um, that person had emotion, too, and, and, um, and could actually at times empathize with what the position Lila was in. And um, so I'm happy to hear that that line resonated with you. And and, um, and that was really her hope and what she was trying to kind of break through the, the shell of him and see what, you know, what, what was underneath. I mean, she always prided herself on, on really being able to read people well from her career. And so she was trying to do that with him. And, and we were just trying to show that it, it's not so simple. You know, it's not just one dimensional. Right. Let's talk a little bit about your paths. I know that you guys started out first reviewing and blogging books. Was your mindset always, oh, we can do this. Oh, we should be doing this. Oh, let's do this. How, how did that evolve? You know, we were trying to learn from our mistakes with each manuscript. Uh, and it was our third manuscript that we were able to sell to find Minshewster and get an agent. Um, but that was, that was a five or six year journey. And so, you know, I think it's the whole time, you know, and you've been through this, like publishing is a crazy business. And, and I think, you know, we were working really hard towards something and at the same time reading and um, reviewing and blogging and kind of, you know, becoming part of that world, uh, to have it actually come to fruition still felt really surreal. Uh, and, you know, I think it's, it's, it's just so hard to make. It. I think it's even harder now when I, when I, I've mentored some people coming in and, it's just a crazy business. Um, and we feel really thankful to be able to publish books. I hear you. I, I, I think that we're artists, we're creators in our own way. We create with words and how it's delivered, how it's 
marketed, how it's promoted, how it's sold, it's always in flux. And um, the best thing you can do is create a great story, which the two Lila Bennett's to me is a perfect example of how a good thriller can be complex, well-structured, and also um, satisfying. I have to say, it was very satisfying to me. You, you kept me guessing to the very end who was her captor. And that doesn't always happen for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I don't know if you knew immediately who that was going to be, like when you were structuring the book. I mean, did you go, oh, uh, it could be this person, it could be that person. But you gave us enough red herrings that we could go off in our own brain going, oh, I bet it's. And that's that's always a good thing. It's always a wonderful thing. So in your own process, how did you decide this is the person? This is the one. So when we were uh, planning the book itself, that's when we decided. Um, because you have to know going in who it is. So that you can write those red herrings and, you know, you can, you know, mislead the reader um, so that they don't get. And so it's very happy to hear that you can guess. That's always a huge compliment and one of the hardest things to do in suspense. I mean, there's so many suspense novels out there now and readers are so savvy and they're they're looking for trying to figure out who it is. I mean, I'm doing that as I'm reading suspense novels, almost like. You can't even fully immerse yourself in the book because you're you're spending all this time trying to figure out who it is. And so to know that they, they, you didn't figure it out is, is a huge compliment. Well, thank you. I, I thought your wordplay was excellent. Mm-hmm. I thought that the whole pacing was wonderful. Considering how you had a split parallel universe, you kind of each one ratcheted up, ratcheted up, ratcheted up. And then, of course, the climax, which, again, left me bereft, you know, until you flip the page, right? (laughs) You did in your acknowledgments, right? As co-authors, as friends, Lila Bennett mended us. She brought us back from what we thought was our last collaboration and breathed new life into our partnership. I'd like you to elaborate on that because I know people who are co-workers always come to a place where they start thinking differently or they want to grow or reach out or whatever. But it's nice to see, it's almost like, I don't know, dance partners, you know, mm-hmm. somebody, somebody knows how to put their foot left and the other person puts their foot right and works into a beautiful uh, dance. So talk a little bit about your dance. Well, you know, what we were kind of talking about there, and I feel like every time I'm talking about Girls Night Out was the book before, we had a really challenging edit and um, it really, uh, you know, our previous four books for that, uh, we really had kind of breeze, I don't want to say breeze through them because it's not like it's not hard work, but in terms of like our partnership, we had kind of breezed through them and Girls Night Out had a pretty significant edit. We had to rewrite it you know, three, four times. Uh, they pushed back the pub date a month. We were having a really hard time. And, um, you know, we did come to this crossroads where we're like, can we do this together anymore? And I don't think, honestly, it's even about us doing it alone, but it's like, are we going to do it and are we going to do this together? And, we had to kind of really look at our friendship, but also our business partnership and um, really make some changes and, and just make some adjustments where our strengths were really um, leveraging our strengths because we each have, we're really different. And, you know, where I'm weakly so strong and vice versa. 
And so I think we really had to take a step back and make sure we're leveraging all of that um, when we were doing something. And I think when we wrote Lila Bennett, it just was really easy. We had, you know, we had kind of hit rock bottom. We, you know, our friendship and our business partnership came down to the studs and um, we, we built it back up. And I think Lila is a, a testament to that. And it was a pretty easy process. And what's funny is, is right now we're editing our book coming out next year and it's, it's, a, little, it's a little bit more of a rewrite. And, um, but I think the lessons that we've learned about like ourselves and our friendship and business partnership and writing partnership is really helping us get through that. Uh, don't you think, Lee? Yeah, absolutely. We kind of had to, you know, hit, hit the bottom before we could come back up. So unfortunately, but also fortunately. I think it's very fortunate. I mean, you two have a very beautiful thing. It's, it's like a marriage. I mean, you know, you know oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you were talking about Lila had her, her work husband. I mean, the reality is you guys have, you know, your work wives, but, uh, but it started with a friendship and you want it to end with a friendship and you're proof that that can happen. So I give you kudos for all of us who are, you. you know, are still in our attics, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're always a work in progress. And I think any long-term relationship, whether it's a friendship or your sister or with your mom, your best friend, I think those are always works in progress. And, and, and what that means is we always have to be continually working on them. And I think sometimes people don't realize that. And I, I think that's one thing that, that we've learned about ourselves and our friendship. I can't say enough how important it is for other writers to hear process. And you guys are proof of that. Girls Night Out was so difficult that it made the other books seem, get it seem easy. You know, our other books were more, you know, straightforward. You know, they had multiple characters, but there weren't all these timelines and, and different points of view. And, and so... You know, I don't, I don't think we were ready for how complicated, like the complicated aspect of it. We just jumped in like we jumped into all the other books and then we got caught. We had to really take a step back and because sometimes you can overcomplicate things and it's not necessary, you know, and so we have to re- figure all that out and we think we're better writers now for it. And that's the bottom line. You hit it right on the head. You, you, you grew with the process. Yep. Right. I think there's lessons to learn. In everything, I don't care how many books you've sold, how many times you've hit a list or whatever, there is always a lesson. I think we learn lessons in every single book that we write that we take to the next book. And it's such a competitive business. It's so, what have you done for me lately? And you've got to, you've got to learn and grow, I think, to survive. I hear you. I hear you. The Two Lila Bennett's is in bookstores now. This is Josie Brown with Author Provocateur.